The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. And welcome in, everyone, to Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen, our game day edition of the post-game post show presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, use the keyword Jacob, save 15% on a one-liter bottle. Johnny Mack still burning the midnight oil down at Lincoln Financial Field. A lot to cover uh, since the game ended, a lot of stories uh, that will now be told, Johnny Mac, between uh, now, tonight, into uh, tomorrow. First, welcome in. Thanks for being here. Where should we begin with an update on what do you know about Brandon Graham and Barrett Brooks? Well, certainly Brandon himself uh, kind of came out and uh, on his own social media and uh, admitted that this is probably going to be a season-ending injury. So the Eagles' Nick Sirianni didn't want to confirm that, uh, obviously. But it certainly, uh, from all indications, looks like it's going to be a torn Achilles. And unfortunately, uh, that is something uh, that is going to be uh, a season-ending season ending injury for Brandon uh, Graham. Brandon Brooks certainly um, from one look looked like a pec injury, and that looks very, very serious as well. So uh, the Eagles are talking and certainly assuming that they're going to have to move forward without those two players. And, you know, that's part of the NFL. You saw injuries all over the place today. Unfortunately, that's why the, the industry as a whole has kind of shifted uh, and, and you know, gone the direction of, of how the Eagles handed preseason. This is the reason why. Um, I always say you can't legislate injuries. I guess it seems a little bit better when you lose a player in season when it matters uh, than in preseason. But then you have another school of thought where maybe you you prepare players better and, and, and um, they will hold up better. Um, I call it the callous hand theory, but nobody knows. And if anybody knew they would do it and they would magically turn the switch and nobody knows. So, uh, there's not much you can do about it other than, uh, the next man up mentality that every coach in this league professes. And look, the Eagles probably more so on the offensive line, Landon Dickerson got back almost perfect timing you don't want anything uh uh to to happen to any of your key players but you know he he made it back to practice uh for for a full practice the first time this week and bang all of a sudden he's needed and he's in there his first play interestingly was the 91 yard pass to Quez Watkins and he got knocked on his butt to be honest uh but he settled down from there, and obviously he's a tremendously talented player. Uh, he's not going to be Brandon Brooks, but uh, I think, you know, in Brandon Graham's instance, I, I don't think they did uh, as good a job as they could have. And it's 
ironic because I think the defense as a whole performed better than the offense. I think that's pretty obvious. But, I mean, they have more depth at defensive end. I, I don't think they used the players they did have properly after Brandon went down. Too much Teron Jackson. Nothing against Teron Jackson, but that's that's a six-round pick. He's got a ways to go. And when you have Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat, and they just signed Josh Sweat to the extension, uh, you could put them both on the field, uh, flip sides for one. Brian Kerrigan's still out there, played a ton at left end. I think they'll adjust that moving forward. Um, and and even Milt Williams uh, can play outside. So I, I think they'll they'll adjust that, I think, for next week in Dallas and, and have a better plan. I know we're going to bounce around a little bit tonight, Johnny Mack, and great um... – Great drop with you on the live post-game show today. Really good conversation with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, uh, and Devin Caney. Lane Johnson, by the way, um, kind of alluded to what you uh, referenced uh, in terms of Landon Dickerson. Um, touching words, by the way, from Lane Johnson on uh, about Barrett Brooks. Um, go to our YouTube channel and watch that clip or watch the show if you missed it earlier. Um, but talked about Dickerson settling down. Um, once he got in and he started to settle down uh, a little bit more, we'll see uh, how that plays out. Um, this is an interesting game to try and understand what went wrong or where you identify why this football team lost. Let's start with the head coach um, and what you make of the play calling. There were some deep shots there seemed to be some disorientation to the ebb and flow of the offense. Um, break it down. What, what were your initial thoughts about how Sirianni called the game today? Well, I, I saw some adjustment. And I expected to be some adjustment. You can't just run what you ran in Atlanta. I think San Francisco came in uh, struggling in the secondary down their top two corners. Um, so I think it was smart on paper to take some deep shots. And by the way, some of the deep shots worked. Um, uh, the, the consistency uh, wasn't there. Uh, you know, I, I said it on the post-game show. I think it's rare that you can you can always point to a series of turning points. I, I think the fourth and three attempt uh, was the clear demarcation line of Eagles dominating and Eagles getting dominated. It's rare when you can point to one play and say, okay, this completely shifted the momentum. I think it did. Nick Sirianni admitted it was uh, a bad play call. And you know me, Joe, I don't even go down that route. I say all the time, people don't judge play calls. They judge play results. If the play was executed properly and it scored, it, it would have done exactly what Nick Sirianni hoped it would do. It would have just ignited that crowd to the point. I think the San Francisco 49ers would have been out of the game. They just didn't execute it well. Uh, and you go back to the Philly special and that was a Philly special light play. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts hands the football to Devonte Smith and flips it back to Greg Ward was supposed to throw it to Jalen Hurts didn't work um i hate to use this word but i used it people don't like the word but it's it, what it, he was pandering to the fans he was hoping that that play would again ignite the fan base and essentially send san francisco back home he made a mistake um he's a rookie head coach he's never done this before um you learn from it and you move on Today, it probably cost the Eagles a game, to be honest with you. Now, there's a lot. You know, that was late in the second quarter, about four, four and a half minutes left in the second quarter. A lot of football after that. But as you play the hindsight game, you see the way it shifted. Look, as a coach, you don't win a lot of games. I think people don't realize. You can lose them, though. You can lose them with bad decisions. Uh, I think that was a bad decision. Um I think he was pandering a bit to the fans. I think he's got to stop that. I think you got to get more as a head coach in this league. You got to be comfortable in your own skin. 
And there's an old saying that if you listen to the fans, you're going to be sitting with the fans. In other words, <laughs> look, it's great. It's great to make them happy, but you got to make decisions for what is best for your football team at a particular moment. And sometimes they might be um, unpopular. Uh, sometimes it's not about making people feel good. Sometimes it's just about doing uh, what's going to help you win the game. <clears throat> I think Nick Sirianni probably learned that lesson today. He seemed to understand it after the game. You know, there were also some kind of self-inflicted wounds, Johnny Mac. Uh, the Quez, the, the the big Quez Watkins play. Um, you know, the Jalen Rager uh, play. Um, I don't remember which one it was that resulted in a field goal attempt by Jake Elliott that was ultimately blocked. Um, but they didn't take advantage of those opportunities um, when they did have a big shot and, and they did push the ball, uh, you know, down the field and put themselves in the red zone in a position to get points. Yeah, the Jalen Rager play was another one. That should have been a 36-yard uh, touchdown. Um, and uh, he just has to be more aware of where he is on the football field. Um, and we've talked about Jalen Rager's route running a lot. It's still a work in progress. <clears throat> there was a perfect example. He beat the corner. He just didn't give him a, uh, himself enough room uh, outside, stepped out of bounds. And, and took a touchdown off the board, which resulted, you know, if you score that touchdown, you're not kicking that field goal. So it's sort of like a domino effect. And that starts the, uh, um, you know, the domino towards the missed field goal, which wouldn't have taken place if you scored the touchdown. But Nick um, understands, and he said it after the game, Look, they want to play from the lead. Now, everybody wants to play from the lead in this league. It's just easier to play when you're ahead. Uh, but I think it's more, even more paramount to the Eagles with a young quarterback um, who they want to take advantage of, of his unique skill set. And we talked about it last week when everything was clicking in Atlanta the RPOs, uh, the off-schedule offense, all that stuff is in play when you're in the lead. When you're behind and you have to score, all of a sudden you got to throw the football, you got to pass it from the pocket. And that's not necessarily the strength of Jalen Hurts at this stage. Hopefully he gets there. Uh, but I think you saw the struggles uh, from when the Eagles are ahead versus when they're behind. And I think you're going to see that continuing uh, throughout throughout the year. Um, you know, if you think about Jalen's numbers, great running the football, throwing the football, they don't look that bad, but if you look at it, if you look a little bit deeper into it, no receiver caught more than two passes. Um, the two most targeted players were Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager. Um, Twelve combined between those two players. Only four completions. Um, and then the Quez Watkins play is 91 yards. If you take that away, which you can't, granted, but the context is there's 99 passing yards on top of that throughout the whole game. So what does that tell you, Joe? It tells you the consistency throwing the football is not there. Is not there. And that's the problem when you're playing from behind. Uh, all of a sudden, you got to throw the football, uh, and it becomes a little bit more difficult. And that's kind of what happened. You know, Johnny Mac, coming into this game, you know, I love to feel good about coming into the, uh, you know, into the game. And I'm thinking to myself, oh man, Devontae Smith might have a might have a better game uh, today than he did in Atlanta. Meaning, um, you know, he could get some space. He could. Uh, he could be targeted a lot. He could catch a lot of balls. He could get another touchdown under his belt. Um, and and uh, the, the Niners secondary's banged up. They're down a couple of players. And yet, when it ended, I don't know what they did, but Devontae Smith maybe have, had a couple of catches, but he was a non-factor in the offense. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest, um, you know, you got two uh, pass interference calls relatively early. And, and to be honest, they were kind of ticky-tack. So probably from the 49ers standpoint, they were probably a little bit upset at those. Uh, but yeah, only two of seven targets, not. Um, didn't get down the field a lot. They took a deep shot, uh, almost came up with it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's young receivers in this league. I thought, you know, everybody's thinking Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith is going to be a superstar. He might be a superstar down the road, but same with Nick Sirianni. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be adversity. Um, you saw some of that adver- adversity today. Uh, and yeah, two of seven targets um, wasn't successful, and that points to the consistency uh, of 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 the passing game, and it just wasn't there today. Football twenty four seven with NFL insider John McMullen, who is still down at Lincoln Financial Field. Also coming up a little bit later on, uh, Dan Cilio from the National Football Show. Uh, will jump in and join us. Jeff Kerr will join us a little bit later on. And Philly's biggest fan, perhaps John Doherty, will jump in uh, with the fans' perspective. So we've got a full uh, hour of good content coming your way. We'll get Johnny Mack out of here in just a couple of more minutes. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you about Mylotta and Bosa. We know Bosa did get that one sack, but from at least from the TV view, uh, looked like Mylotta had a pretty good game today. Uh, against Bosa. Yeah, I mean, I think Nick ended up with two. Uh, I gotta, um, I'm actually in the car. It's too dark, but <laughs> um, I think he ended up with two, but one was from the other side. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I, yeah, I thought Jordan did okay, certainly. And we'll, I'll watch it closer uh, with the film and you'll get a, a better uh, sort of viewpoint, but, he certainly didn't stand out as having uh, a ton of difficulty, and that's that's a positive because that might be the best player he faces all year. And I certainly don't think he looked over a match or anything of that nature. So um, that would be a, a, certainly a positive sign. And look, the, the 49ers won the game, but they, they weren't very good offensively um, either. Um, defensively, uh, they were good, obviously, similar to what we said last week with the Eagles in Atlanta. When you give up six points and 260 yards, you know, it's all you can ask for. So, you know, from the 49ers' perspective, uh, they give up only 11 points. You can't ask for much more than that. Um, and, and Nick Bosa and also uh, – uh, Warner was a big part of that, I think was the biggest part of that. I think we talked about it at halftime We did when we did our halftime report um, with you, John. Uh, the 49ers just stayed with it until they ultimately found success, and that success meaning two long, long sustaining drives uh, in that second half. Yeah, they got uh, they finally got going after the fourth and three, and that's where I, I said that was kind of the demarcation point of this game. And the, I, I think they won 12 plays, 97 yards, and scored the touchdown. Look, the Eagles almost went six quarters without giving up an explosive play. Explosive play defined as 20 or more yards. Debo Samuel finally gashed them, I think, for about 40 or so. Um, that's pretty good. I mean, it goes six quarters. So you got to give Jonathan Gannon a lot of credit. Got to give this cornerback group a lot of credit. Uh, I thought they played really well. And look, if you give up on the, I was just telling you about the 49ers defense, you give up 11 points, you can't ask for anything more. Well, you give up 17, you should win an NFL game in the modern NFL. You should win. So, this one's on the offense. This one's on, uh, and and Nick Sirianni admitted that in his post-game press conference. The defense played well enough to win, uh, even though they made some mistakes and some boneheaded penalties late when they had a chance to 
perhaps come back in the football game. You can nitpick with that kind of stuff, and you should. I mean, Derek Barnett, bad personal foul. I thought the other one, I, I don't know what Kayvon Wallace could have done. Um, I, I don't necessarily think you can blame him all that much, but uh, it's just part, again, part of the modern NFL. You're going to get some bad calls. You're going to get some questionable calls. You got to overcome it. Um, and 17 points in, in Jim Schwartz rules where only the end game applies. You got to be able to score 18 if you're giving up 17. John, uh, Jalen Hurts from the podium after the game talked about what? Missed opportunities. Um, and, and look, I mean, that's what it was about. That's what this game was about. The Eagles had plenty of opportunities. Uh, touchdown taken off the board. Um, again, the block field goal. When you, when you get a 91-yard play, you know, that's, that's pretty good. You got to be able to punch that in. They weren't able to do it. Um, so uh, he talked about missed opportunities and finishing. And, and, you know, I think he said it at one point, finish, 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 said it three straight times. If, if you're in the red zone and you're not even getting field goals, uh, I mean, usually if you get field goals in the red zone, you're going to lose an NFL game. So you can imagine if you're in the red zone, you're not even getting field goals. Well, you're going to lose an NFL game, and that's kind of what happened to the Eagles today. John, that last touchdown that the Eagles scored, they moved down that last drive that maybe gave us a little bit of false hope. They moved down that field like like lightning, like really fast. And all of a sudden, after the two-point conversion – there was life again for at least a short period of time. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> what happened there was they took their timeouts very early, which was interesting. Typically, NFL teams don't do that, but they they went they went with their timeouts with with the five minute range uh, instead of waiting to get the football back. So when they did score, it was really down to one. Uh, one one series. If the 49ers got a first down, they were going to be able to run out the clock uh, because the Eagles burned their timeouts. Uh, they didn't get the stop. The 49ers got the first down and the game was over. Um, so you can play it both ways. If you would have held on to your timeouts, uh, if things would have went the same way, you would have got the football back and had an opportunity um, so it's another thing. We'll see how Nick Sirianni adjusts. I, I don't necessarily fault him for that, uh, but it did, you know, how it shakes out. It's always, you know, it's, it's always interesting how the NFL will get you. Um, if, if you do it one way, they're going to find, it's like the football gods are going to find a way right, right. Uh, to make things difficult on you. And and what it did at the end of the game, they had one opportunity to stop the 49ers and they didn't do it. And they got a first down and, and the game was over. Uh, so it's, it's sort of a, you pick one way uh, and the other way is going to get you. And that's what happened to the Eagles. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen. He'll be wall-to-wall -wall all week uh, with recaps, uh, live hits, right back on Birds 365 tomorrow with Jody Mack. I'm sure there'll be some great analysis uh, and, uh, and breakdown of this game. Uh, I don't know how uh, Jody Mack and Johnny Mack uh, apply the 24-hour rule, uh, but they'll be talking about it uh, on Birds 365 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. That all begins tomorrow morning. Johnny Mack, great stuff uh, for you. Thanks for all the work today. Appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow on Birds 365. All right. Thanks, Krause. All right. Good stuff from John McMullen down. Uh, still down at the link in the car getting ready to break. We'll take uh, our first break here on the post-game post show presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. Use the key phrase, Jacob, get 15% off a one-liter bottle. 
And also, don't forget to ask for your rocks glass. Uh, worth, uh, worth doing, go to statesidevodka.com. When we come back after our commercial break, Dan Cilio of the National Football Show, back in a moment. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. And back here on the post post game show across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thank you so much uh, for checking in with us live here tonight. Dan Filio from the National Football Show, kind enough to join us here on a Sunday night where the uh, Eagle fan base showed up expecting to somehow get out of this game uh, with a W. Um, I think, Dan Cilio, this team was in a position to win the game, should have won the game. You are uh, you play defense in your career. When your defense holds uh, an offense to only 17 points, the expectation is that your offense is going to score enough to do it. Uh, they didn't. What were your, some of your overall observations of how this game played out, resulting in a loss, of course, uh, for, the, for the Eagles? Joe, first off, man, thanks for having me on here, man. I want to thank you again and everybody there at the Jacob Media channel for having me. You guys are spectacular to big sills. And let me throw this at you here. Don't freak out. Jesus criminy. Everybody's good in this league. If I were Eagle fans, I would sit back and go, how many rosters are you going to play like that in the NFL this year? Two? I mean, the 49ers, as I said on Friday, would probably come into Lincoln Financial and win this ball game because they're deeper and they're better. Their issues a year ago were at the quarterback spot. The Eagles last year going 4-11-1 had roster issues everywhere down the line.
We came out of that game against the Falcons. And after, I'll tell you what, I got more out of what the Eagles did against the 49ers and what the Falcons did today early on all the way into the mid part of the third quarter versus the world champion Buccaneers. They hung in that game. It was 28-25. And I'm telling you, don't freak out. You played against a very good team. I tell my daughter this all the time, Joe. She plays D1 rugby in Arizona, and I say, you know what? Expect the other team to be good, too, and make plays. The 49ers made plays, and as the game went on, there was something that was very evident. The offensive line and the defensive line of the 49ers started to take control of the game. Nick Boza won against Jordan Mulata. Case closed. That's okay. He'll learn from it. He wasn't dominated. He won on him. You're going to see this matchup for the next 10, 15 years in the NFC going back and forth where Mulata's going to win. Then you're going to have Bosa win. I've said this before about Garoppolo. Garoppolo's 25-8 and as a starting quarterback now in San Francisco after the win today at Lincoln Financial. This guy's won an NFC championship game. If I'm an Eagle guy and I look at that game, there were 10 points at least on the field that they left. Don't freak out. You got the Cowboys on the flip side. Now you have a divisional game, which is worth one and a half. You know, usually when you're playing against a division opponent, all I say is this, relax. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You don't freak out after the Falcons win, and you surely don't freak out after the 49ers loss. You know, Dan, it's um, it's it, it's a good thought. It's one thing to be able to learn um, from the mistakes that you make, and I'm curious to your thoughts about head coach Nick Sirianni. I think he's going to take the collar on this one oh, yes. uh, when it comes to some of his play calling, which I don't want to sit here and criticize Nick Sirianni. I just thought it was, and I'm not an expert to do so, by the way, um, but it was erratic. There were some weird times that they took some deep shots. They didn't get the football into the end zone, had that strange play on a strange call rather on fourth and three where John McMullen, who was just on uh, the post post game show. And he talked about it earlier with Derek Gunn as well, um, that Nick was more calling for the fans than he was for getting that football in the end zone and probably just made a bad decision uh, in that particular spot. But that happened to be when the momentum changed and the air went out of the link for a moment. I say the link went, you know, silent a little bit when the Eagles were in the red zone. I mean, they had red zone issues all day long. You know, they did very well between 20s, 20 to 20. Hey, and by the way, are we shocked that Kyle Shanahan outcoached the first-year coach and Nick Nick Sirianni? Are we stunned about that? I'm not. Um, You're talking Kyle Shanahan, one of the better play callers in the NFL, a guy with a ton of experience. He suffered that massive loss against Brady and the Patriots a few years ago in the Super Bowl. This guy is a brilliant play caller. Now, were there too many chunk plays? Absolutely. I mean, really, they rolled him a lot. I'm talking Jalen Hurts did, Sirianni and the offensive coaches. They rolled him right a lot, but then it became predictable, Joe. I mean, when you're using a kid like that and you're rolling him right, how about this? How many times did the snap count? Also, here was a telling factor in that game. How many times did Nick, Nick Boza get off the football against Jordan Malata? And he was on the backfield, and Mulata was pointing like he was offsides, and he wasn't offsides. Son, you got to do better on the snap count. You've got to throw that defensive line off and slow them down as a quarterback. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that I played against was John Elway at doing that. 10, 15, 25 yards per football game he would get just on snap count and illegal procedure penalties. He hurt the offensive tackle doing that. So, again, Joe, out coach, yes. Too many chunk plays? Yes. They were getting too greedy after they fell behind? Absolutely. And here's the most significant point. There's two issues that still plague the Eagles right now, okay? Red zone offense, and they don't have a solidified running back. You you can't take time of possession off the football if you're going by committee once again. You've got to be running back, running the football, and you've got a brand-new quarterback that you're trying to break in along with a brand-new play caller. I, I, I think we need to hang in there a little bit here as this team continues to develop because this is still in the infant stages of what this thing's going to look like by the end of the year. I mean, look, one and one going into Dallas, 
I don't know, man. I'm 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 not down on the Eagles after this loss here. Hey, were there mistakes on the sidelines? Yes. Did the defense give up too many plays? And then to play late in the ball game, too, when Garoppolo found the receiver going into the end zone? Absolutely. Guys were squeezing up to the line of scrimmage. It happens, folks. Good teams get beat. And I think the Eagles have played really well the last two weeks. I'm, I'm good with them, Joe. Dan Cilio, the National Football Show, joining us here on the post-post game show. Of course, Dan Cilio is live across the Jacob Media YouTube channel Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. By the way, tomorrow, Monday, the day after, uh, Dan Cilio will have Gary Cobb, who will join him, uh, and they'll do uh, they'll break down more uh, of this football game. A lot of times. Uh, after you get through Sunday night and you wake up on Monday, you have an opportunity, Dan, as you know, uh, to take a look at how everything played out and how um, uh, uh, and how to evaluate more, you know, of the uh, of the game. Uh, one other thing I want to ask you uh, about from a defensive standpoint, because you're such a you have so much great knowledge about the game. Devontae Smith came into this game and and I think John McMullen said he was targeted maybe seven times, had. Uh, two catches, but he didn't do a lot. Uh, and I don't know why, he, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, I, I, I don't know how they defended him. I don't know why he wasn't involved in the offense more uh, than he was today. what you make of it? Here's the deal with him as he's a young player and they're trying to find a place, Joe, for him in the offense here, because listen, he can't line up in a Y and Z and get off the line of scrimmage yet because he's inexperienced on dealing with the press coverages still. So what you do is you move him around on the line of scrimmage in the slot position, maybe off the tackle a little bit. And what they're trying to do is find a place for him, just like they did in Alabama for him, is to find open space for him. Look, those screens and, you know, throwing to the sideline to him when he makes that step forward and step back, and then he gets the ball in his hand. He's electric when he gets the ball in our hands. I still think they're trying to figure out how to utilize him. It's like the th stuff going on in Cleveland right now with Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, when Beckham comes back, how do you implement a guy like that into your offense? The Cleveland Browns are a better football team without him. However, there's going to be explosion plays that at least six or seven times this year that Cleveland's going to be able to go over the top plus 25 and being able to use Odell Beckham. That's what Devontae is. Devontae's – if I get two targets or five catches or two catches in a game and I and I win the ball game, I don't care. If I lose the ball game, I'm still looking at how they're trying to implement him into the offense. Last week, six catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown because the secondary was not playing well against the Eagles. The Eagles are doing well because Hertz was stressing on the corners and getting on the corner of the defense, and he was able to break down the defense. This week, as I said on Friday on my show, that the one thing that the Eagles had to do was stress the 49ers corners. And I don't mean the cornerbacks. I mean at the corner of the defensive line in the front seven. They were not able to get outside of contain. And it hurt Hurts. It kept him in a box, Joe. And you limited them also on possessions when you do that because you're able to run the ball on the other side with their offensive line. The key in this game, in this game came down to this. The 49ers dominate. The 49ers, how about this? They didn't dominate. I'll take that back. They took control of the game from the third quarter on when it came to both lines. O-line and D-line, they took control. And when you're starting to pressure the quarterback like they were on Hurts and he's moving around in the pocket, no matter where you line Devontae Smith up, he's not going to be in the vision of the quarterback because the quarterback is running for his life. And they kept him in the box. They kept him contained. And I really thought that the 49ers, as the game went on, they outcoached the Eagles in that football game today. Last thing from Dan Cilio of the National Football Show, joining us here on the post-post game show, all uh, presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, use the key phrase Jacob, pick up 15% off of a one-liter bottle uh, of Stateside. Again, go to statesidevodka.com. Uh, uh, Dan, if you played uh, on the defensive side of the football for the Eagles today, I would think that you would still feel pretty good about only allowing 17 points. And then I take it one step further and, and, and ask you if the expectation is there from the defensive guys 
that, hey, we, we should win the game. We we hold this offense to 17 points. We should get a W here. Are you saying they'll be trash talking in the team meetings on Monday? I don't Joe? know. Does that happen or not? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm saying. I yeah, mean, is that, be... does that happen, Danny, or what? Oh, oh, yeah. We'll walk into a team meeting on Monday and go, hey, you know what, guys? You can pick your check. You can pick your checks up at the front desk. We got ours just handed out from our coaches. <laughs> okay, our coaches handed our checks out. the The secretary's out front handing your checks out. And by the way, when Jesse James robbed the bank, he used a gun. <laughs> just letting you know. So yeah, there's that kind of trash talking that goes on. I mean, but here, Joe, at the end of the day, you guys are in the rowboat together. You're rowing in the same direction, and you're right. Usually, what you look at as a team. You want to hold the team under 250 yards in total offense and 19 points, okay? And the Eagles were kind of around that number. So you come out of that as a defensive front. I thought Fletcher Cox really played another great game two days in a row. Did they give up some crucial third down plays? Yes. Did they see some of the deficiencies in the secondary that we thought going into the year that may hamper this team? Yes. However, at the end of the day, dude, you come to me and you go, well, you know, in an NFL game where all the rules are set up for them, I gave up 17 points. I'm going to go to sleep tonight, put my head on my pillow, feeling pretty good about my effort. Remember, it's not a, it's about scoreboard. It's not about the stat sheet. And everybody looks, and you know what they do? What happens, Joe? People start to criticize the process instead of the results. You held the football team to 17 points. This isn't college football. You know, you, you, you don't get, uh, you know, beauty pageant points like you do in college football for showing up and holding a team to 17 points in the NFL. Like I said, okay, so 17, here, here's the Eagles in the first two games, six points and 17. I'm feeling pretty good going into Dallas if I'm the Eagle defense. Dan Cilio from the national football show, joining us tonight here on the post post game show on a Sunday night. Danny, thank you, brother. We'll see you tomorrow. Gary Cobb. What time's Gary on tomorrow? Five 30 Eastern time. We'll talk to uh, Fox 29's own Gary Cobb and get his thoughts on what he saw standing there at the link. And by the way, Joe, in closing, that place was rocking, man. I mean, I was watching that game and that place was rocking, man. I thought it was so cool to see Eagle fans out there and seeing all the jerseys. I saw Jerome Brown jersey sightings. I was all Stoked for that. I mean, it was really great today, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Now, nah, good stuff, Dan Silio. My phone's been blowing up a little bit, and so is my Twitter. And I'm not very active on Twitter, but uh, there's this there's a demand for uh, the Dan Silio jersey. So I might have to buy 50 of them, Dan. <laughs> And start giving them out to all of our uh, subscribers and all of our viewers who watch the National Football Show. I love it. You know what, Dan? I'm not a guy that is a collector of jerseys, uh, but I do like a few. I've got Jalen back here. Now, that's Sanders, but I wouldn't mind myself if I don't give it away. I'm having a Dan Cilio jersey. Great stuff tonight, brother. Appreciate hey, dude, it. I love you, Joe. I love everybody. I love Xander and you guys so much, man. Don't forget tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time, right here on the Jacob Media Channel, the National Football League, the National Football Show about the National Football League and some college football this past weekend. Joe, thank you so much, brother. All right, good stuff from Dan Cilio joining us here on the Post Post Game Show. We'll get to our final commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Kerr coming in from CBS Sports. We'll talk with Jeff Kerr, get his take uh, on this football game, uh, and then start to let everything process uh, and start to understand um, what happened tonight uh, before we look ahead and get ready. Because after tonight, and after, I guess, tomorrow, we can start to say it's officially Dallas Week. Back in a moment. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this. 
this, this, and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. And back here on the live live or on the post post game show, along with Jeff Kerr. Now I'm Joe Kraus coming to you. Thanks to Dan Silio from the National Football Show. Don't forget if you missed uh, the post post game show or the live post game show, I'll get this right. If you missed the live post game show uh, because you were at the link today, uh, go to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Um, get the very latest from that show from Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta. Devin Caney, great interview after the game with Lane Johnson. And then John McMullen had immediate reaction from the locker room. That's all on the live post-game show, exclusively presented by Ocean Casino and Resort. Go for the win. Go Birds. They gave out white Go Birds t-shirts today. Uh, at the link as Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports joins us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, Jeff, let me, uh, before we get into a little Q&A and get some thoughts about how you watch this game unfold, uh, let me just give you an open forum to uh, talk for 60 or 90 seconds about your thoughts in terms of areas from this game that you marked and that we'll read about on CBS Sports. Well, one thing I wrote about in my takeaways from this game is, and I gave the Eagles a C grade today, and I may have been a little harsh on that, but, you know, grades are immediate reaction and, you know, how you're reacting to the test. And they, in my mind, they had opportunities to win this football game. And I didn't feel too good about it when they were only up 3 nothing, and they had a great first three possessions. Just driving the ball down the field, you had the blocked field goal. Uh, 49ers defense and special teams really stood up today and kept this team in the game and allowed them to run that zone run scheme and basically made Jimmy Garoppolo a very good game manager. He ended the game 15-17, 129 yards, a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown. But overall, the Eagles just let too many opportunities slip away, and you can't do that against a good team like the 49ers. Jeff, I want to ask you to spend a little bit of time uh, talking about the play calling of the head coach. And, and I'm not – saying that to be super critical of Nick Sirianni, but I think he made some blunders today, um, you know, in terms of his play calling. Um, I said to John McMullen at, at, at certain points, I thought 
it was kind of disoriented. There was no ever flow um, to the play calling. There was weird random times where he took deep shots. Some of them worked out, um, even though they didn't result in the points that they were looking to get. The bottom line is the offense left points on the field. Yeah, I didn't like all the deep shots they did either. And one of the reasons, like, I, I didn't mind them early in the game because you had uh, Dion, uh, I can never pronounce his first name. It's going to take a while before I get uh, Leonore on the 49ers, uh, you know, rookie cornerback. Wasn't really tested last week, only allowed one catch for three yards. And that was a matchup Devonta Smith should have won uh, a lot throughout the game. And he wasn't really on him that much. It was more uh, Quez Watkins uh, was on Lenore and Josh Norman was on Devonta Smith. And, you know, I used to make a joke last year about Josh Norman being burnt toast. And I thought the Eagles were going to uh, kind of make him burnt toast today. But Josh Norman got the better of Devonta Smith today. Uh, Devonta Smith just was not really much of a factor in this game. And I thought they needed to go underneath to him more. I thought they needed to go to the tight ends more, run more 12 personnel. And bottom line, Joe, the Eagles just didn't do that. I didn't like all the kill shots today. I thought Nick Sirianni got a little too deep ball happy. And I, I get it early in the game, but even when they were struggling, they were doing it. Hertz's deep ball wasn't great today. And I, I don't think the head coach did him any favors by going deep as much as he did. You know, I know at one point I don't, I track the game play by play when, as it's unfolding. I know at one point it may have been in the third quarter uh, after that long drive by um, Garoppolo and the 49er offense. At one point, the Eagle offense maybe ran the ball, including Jalen um, carries uh, six or seven straight times. So it just it just appeared to be again disoriented the offense appeared to be a little bit disoriented I didn't see them use the tight ends a lot uh today uh in uh in office the first time Dallas Goddard touched the football was on that blocked um attempt at field goal and he almost was able to convert uh and, and get to the sticks to line the gain but he did not but they didn't use him that much in the offense today no near did they use Zach Ertz? They they barely featured these two in the offense, Joe. And I agree with you 100%. What frustrated me was this was a day to use 12 personnel, to go to tight ends. I don't know if the Eagles' offensive coaching staff watched the same game I watched last week with the 49ers, but TJ Hawkinson ripped them apart, and the running backs ripped them apart, catching balls out of the backfield. And I don't know. You know, I don't want to say the 49ers were prepared for that this week, but the Eagles didn't do any of that stuff at all. They didn't get, do screens to Miles Sanders. They barely did that with Kenny Gainwell. They didn't go to Earths. They didn't go to Goddard. And, again, Fred Warner was on one of those two throughout the game, and I understand that. He's a really good coverage linebacker, probably one of the best ones, if not the best one in the NFL. So it's tough. But at the end of the day, they just went deep way too many times. They ain't going to school personnel a lot. I, I, it, it did look discombobulated a bit. The only time they, they really did anything on offense you know, outside the first few possessions, and they were methodical, was the six-play touchdown drive that took 65 seconds. I mean, that was really it, and that was off a of big Jalen Hurts run. The only time they seemed to generate any offense was when Jalen Hurts took off. You know, I mentioned earlier, and I actually, when we came on the show, I actually, I always, because Barrett Brooks is on the middle and he's with us Monday through Friday, and I'm in communication with them randomly throughout the week, I always somehow uh, refer to Brandon Brooks as Barrett Brooks. But the bottom line is Brandon Brooks was injured. Uh, Brandon Graham was injured. Lane Johnson talked on the live postgame show today. Uh, about Brandon Brooks. We don't know yet what the injury will mean to him. Uh, we do know that Brandon Graham, from Brandon Graham's own omission on social media, is that his injury uh, will uh, shelf him now for the season. Yeah, it's a shame. And uh, by the way, D Gun hit that right on the head, didn't he? Uh, you know, that he was going to be out for the year. It, it definitely looked like that, too. Like, you know, as soon as he. Um, injured his Achilles, you're like, okay, like this doesn't look good. I, I didn't think he was going to play another down this season just based off what I watched. But, yeah, Lane Johnson is absolutely right with Brandon Brooks. You know, he the offensive line definitely took a huge hit there with Brooks. And not like Landon Dickerson did a bad job. I have to watch the tape again, but that's not Brandon Brooks out there. You know, Brandon Brooks is one of the best, uh, you know, right guards in the NFL. But this, 
you know, came to my attention, Joe. And, you know, sometimes I, during the game, I'll talk with friends. I'll, I'll talk to my dad. I'll, I'll talk to where just to get a fan pulse. And I thought to myself, we were talking about Brandon Brooks, and I'm going, you know, Brandon Brooks, this worries me a bit. He's been injured in 19, missed all of 20. He's injured again in 21. When did the Eagles decide this ain't worth it anymore? Paying him this contract isn't worth it because you have someone who can replace him down the line and land in Dickerson. I know Dickerson might be the Kelsey replacement ultimately, but you're paying Brandon Brooks a lot of money and he's not available. And I, I know injuries are injuries, but this is a lot now. It's And I don't like to use the term injury prone, but he's getting injured a lot and it's really hurting this football team. As John McMullen says, you can't legislate injuries, but um, to your point, we'll see uh, what happens and tough stuff for Brandon, uh, for Brandon Graham, uh, for sure. Uh, how do you evaluate Jalen Hurts in terms of, you know, his overall, you know, the overall game? You pull out and John McMullen correctly did but also said you can't pull it out but you pull out the 91 yard Quez Watkins pass and and then evaluate the rest of the uh, you know the rest of the stat sheet and it doesn't look so good uh when you when, when, when you do it that way how did you evaluate Jalen Hurts he looked like a quarterback who was making his sixth career start uh, honestly yeah and you know what you're right you take out the 91 yard play and he still was under 50 percent completion percentage um they didn't really take any shots across the middle. Again, I was a little upset about that. Um, you know, I see some Eagles fans want benched already. That's asinine. Don't even think that. Um, but overall, to me, it, it's more of, you know, why didn't they put him in a better position? Like last week, I thought the Eagles did everything they could possibly do to have this kid succeed. And this week it was, okay, we're going to test the deep ball a bit, or, you know, we're not going to let him just kind of do a first read or get the ball to his playmakers. It, 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 he looked really uncomfortable throughout the afternoon. And I don't know if that was because of the 49ers pass rush. I mean, Nick Bosa was chasing him throughout the day and you know, Hurts didn't really get hit that much outside of a couple runs, but there is, look, I got to take his running game into account. When you have 10 carries for 80, two yards and a touchdown to me that's positivity there and if I had the great Jalen Hurts today I'd probably give him a B minus again wasn't a great game throwing the football for him but running the football he kept the Eagles in this football game and they did that he did give them an opportunity to get the ball back I mean Jalen Hurts's last play was you know essentially a, a rushing touchdown so again if he gets the ball back who knows what happens and maybe we grade this game differently but Overall, it, it's just the offense was just too inconsistent. Uh, left to right, uh, you know, possession to possession. They started out strong. They should have got more points on the board. They didn't. Um, I did not like the fourth down call at all. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we were going to talk about that at some point, but I couldn't stand how they were trying to reincarnate the Philly special there. But uh, overall, the entire series uh, in that red zone is just not good. You know, you get first and goal from the one. you got to score post-post-game show here on a Sunday night across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. Uh, thanks to all of our viewers for uh, not only um, consuming all of the content across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, but liking and sharing, and then also commenting. A lot of times I'd love to go to some of the comments from uh, our viewers, uh, Jeff, but truth be told, and just to be very candid and very direct, it's very difficult for me to be able to see them on the fly. So I always do go back after uh, and try and read and uh, get a pulse from, uh, from the fan base because I do appreciate uh, their knowledge and their perspective uh, as well. Uh, Dan Cilio from the National Football Show uh, pumped the brakes uh, in the last segment and, and, and basically told us, hey, it's okay. Feel good uh, about going into Dallas uh, one and one. Feel good uh, about the defense who held Jimmy G um, and Shanahan and, and the offense to 17 points, um, making for a, a big game a week from tomorrow night, Monday night in Big Dallas. Do you feel good or is it too early to even look yet? <laughs> to uh to Dallas. But do you feel, Jeff, okay about this football team even though they lost the game today the way it all played out? 
I definitely feel okay about the defense. I thought the defense ultimately got gassed in that second half. But again, that's more of the offense, you know, not being able to sustain drives. It's 49ers were able to use that zone run and just kind of bully them. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo said it best that, you know, 17 points is hard to score off this defense. There's a lot of respect around the league toward the Eagles defense. Now, if I'm correct, I believe they've only allowed 11 and a half points per game for two games. That's really good. So you got to feel positive about that. Um, Again, you know, the 49ers, they were the only team in the NFL to score 40 points last week. They scored 41. The Eagles held them to 17. Um, again, you know, you have to look at that as a positive. Um, the offense is, you know, I didn't think it'd be this bad today, but I, I didn't think they were going to score a lot of points off this team either. I remember my final score was 27-23, 49ers, so maybe I underestimate the defense a bit. I thought they'd give up more plays, but – Overall, you know, they did a pretty good job at holding Debu Samuel outside of that 40-yard catch, which, in my opinion, was the play of the game because that set up the 11-yard uh, touchdown pass from Jimmy Garoppolo, which changed the entire game. And that was a great throw by Jimmy G, by the way. He was 7 for 7, 77 yards on that drive. But the two long drives were really – that that was the game. I mean, and, yeah, it didn't look good in, in hindsight. And the 49ers, you know, they had long drives. But overall, you got to be kind of – happy with what the defense is giving you for two weeks. I mean, the the Falcons just – they scored 25 points off Tampa Bay. I mean, they were scoring points off the Buccaneers. I, I know Matt Ryan, you know, kind of <laughs> – played bad in the fourth quarter. I, I was trying to put it nicely, but he played bad in the fourth quarter. But if I'm looking ahead toward Dallas, I wasn't too impressed with them against the Chargers today. They scored 14 points early. They didn't do much. Mike McCarthy should have been burnt for his terrible clock management. Um, Greg Zerline bailed them out. I think if you're an Eagles fan, it's definitely a must-win game for both teams. It definitely is probably who's going to have early control of the NFC East. But I know the Eagles did stuff for them to win in Dallas, but I'm starting to feel a lot better about that game than I did probably 10 days ago. Post-post-game show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports joining us uh, here tonight to put a bow on what was a long day of coverage. Uh, don't forget, tune back in to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Catch the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Lane Johnson, of course, and John McMullen had immediate reaction uh, from inside of the locker room, uh, all of that. So if you were at the game or you didn't get a chance to actually watch the live post-game show, um, it's worth settling in to watch some good uh, insight from Derek Gunn uh, and great stuff uh, from Lane Johnson uh, talking about his mate, uh, Brandon Brooks. Really, really good stuff. He also talked about uh, Landon Dickerson, uh, as well. And of course, Lane Johnson uh, will always tell you the way it is. Um, and he certainly did uh, in the postgame uh, show today. Last thought, Jeff, before I let you um, um, go for the night. Um, I think John McMullen used the word uh, pandering uh, when he was talking about uh, head coach Nick Sirianni. And, and he used it in the context of that play call. Um, and then he further went on to add into that same description. At some point, you need to be comfortable in your own skin. Pretty profound statement, I think. And and I wonder now um, if Nick is. And again, I don't want to overjudge Nick Sirianni on, on this one game and on that one call. But I certainly see where John's coming from when he uses that word pandering. I don't know what the fan base thinks. We'll find out. What do you think? I, I can't be too harsh on the guy. I mean, it wasn't his best performance. He's also, this is his second career game as a head coach. And, you know, I know some of the pandering talk comes from, you know, uh, he wears the Allen Iverson shirt and he wears the, you know, all the Philly stuff and the Jalen Hurts rent his dude thing and, Again, I, I think the Philly special one was a little too much, so maybe that's what McMullen meant by that. Um, I, I did not like that. I think the Philly special should be locked in a box somewhere and never come out again. That was a one-time only thing, or that's Doug Peterson's thing, and he's not here anymore. Um, I, again, I, I just think sometimes, the, and this isn't just Nick Sirianni. This is across the NFL. Coaches just outsmart themselves. You have first and goal from the one. You have Jalen Hurts. Get the ball in the end zone. You know, don't overthink this. Don't be too creative. You lose three yards on a Miles Sanders play. Why are you running up Brandon Brooks's way? Why don't you, you know, Brandon Brooks was out. 
Why don't you run up Jordan Malaz way? Uh, why don't you do that? It, it, it's again, this is not difficult sometimes. It's smash mouth football. You needed a yard. You didn't get one. You lost three. And then, honestly, his best play was running Jalen Hurts to the outside on third down and getting a yard. Probably should have, probably should have done that on first down, honestly. He probably would have gotten the touchdown. So, yeah, I, I get it. Sometimes he tries to get too cute. But, again, it's his second career game. I'm not going to get on the guy too much. And, you know, he, you know, one week he's a hero. Next week he's a bum. It's, you know, it's, it's life in the NFL. I mean, you know, if he beats Dallas, everything will go away. I, I think – he has eight eight days to prepare for this Dallas Cowboys football team and this defense. This Dallas defense is a lot better than last year. I will say that, but I think the Eagles can score some points off them, and I think they can use their speed. And I will say this, Joe, I'm really disappointed with the Eagles wide receivers today. You know, it's and again, I don't think much of that group to begin with. Um, you know, Jalen Rager obviously had the unfortunate incident of having his foot out of bounds. That would have been a big play. Wes Watkins had 117 yards. I, I can't get on him too much. I thought Devonta Smith would have had a bigger day. But again, second career game. I'm not going to get on the kid too much. But overall, as a group, just a little disappointed. I mean, if you're going to have Greg Ward in there to throw a pass, why is he on the roster? I don't care that he's on the roster, but I don't. You don't. I don't think you need to bring him in or throw a pass. I'll, I will agree. <laughs> I will agree. I will agree with you there. Um, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports joining us here tonight on the post post game show. Jeff, great stuff. We'll see you across the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel this week. I know you'll be in for uh, John McMullen uh, multiple times once the schedule officially comes out, either tomorrow or Tuesday. Uh, we'll figure all of that out. Big announcement coming up, by the way, this week uh, from Jacob Media. Stay tuned uh, for that. It involves Jeff or it involves John McMullen. May actually involve Jeff Kerr, uh, but um, whether or not it does or not, to be determined. But big more news coming from uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Special thanks to all of our viewers consuming the content all day long. Great shout out to our executive producer Xander Kraus, getting it done uh, on a day to, uh, on a daily basis, and he grinded it out today um, and did a great job uh, throughout all of the chaos. Jeff Kerr, appreciate it, my friend. Sounds great. By the way, Xander, get some sleep. I know you don't get much. Yeah, he's young enough, dude. He can handle it. You know what I mean? Uh, good stuff. That's going to do it tonight for our edition of the Post Post Game Show. Again, we thank everybody for tuning in, for liking, for sharing, and also for commenting uh, while you watch. Don't forget to go back and watch the live post game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Lane Johnson, and John McMullen. Until next time, on behalf of Jeff Kerr, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.